Osiris. This is Dark Blue. My name is Jeff Rickley. In this podcast, we'll be exploring the challenges that people face when they choose a life in the arts. On each episode, we'll talk to a different artist about a range of topics, and we'll try to find the tools that they've used to lead healthy lives in a field that has few guidelines. On this short introductory episode, I have on RJB, co-founder of the Osiris Network, to ask me a few questions about why I started this podcast and what I'm interested in accomplishing with it. All right, Jeff, thanks for uh, having me on your podcast. Yeah, thanks for coming on and thanks for having me on your network. So Yeah, we're excited. <laughs> um, really exciting to talk to you and I, I just I think it would be great for you know, your listeners to hear a little bit about where this came from, because it's a really interesting story. And I think a lot of your fans probably know some of your story, but um, we should talk about that. I mean, you you wanted to create this podcast um, that kind of focuses on the lives of musicians and artists and people's challenges and how people have dealt with those challenges, whether they're mental health or, or other um, kinds of challenges, but also solutions that people have come up with, right, to sort of deal with some of those That's issues. Right, yeah. So. I'm just curious from your perspective, like where the idea came from and, and, and how did it start? Cause I know it, it, it was pretty intimately related to a personal experience, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think so in, in starting the podcast, I'd say that I had been thinking for a while about what kind of resources I could help put together for, um, artists and their challenges with mental health. And I had been thinking about possibly, um, you know, a zine or an online thing. I really like the creative independent, which is a, a Kickstarter project with Brandon Stusso. He used to be, um, the editor at, uh, Pitchfork. I started seeing different resources and what the potentials were for those different resources for a while. I just thought maybe I would do kind of like a, a consulting type thing where I would help artists out, but that even, you know, there's sort of a barrier to entry. Like you have to be able to afford it and you have to be confident enough to call yourself an artist. And, mm -hmm. and actually I realized that a lot of the reason that I wanted to put this resource together was from, was for myself and for my friends. And so it was more an act of exploration than it is about being any kind of a, um, expert on things. That's something I've been thinking about a lot recently, especially since I've been sober, which is just, uh, my own story is that, is that I had at the end of Thursday, like many people in this country had developed a problem with uh, prescription painkillers and opiates, especially in opioids that turned around the breakup of the band that turned into a, a full blown heroin addiction that lasted for five years. And then last January, 2017 is when I got sober and went into treatment and did all that kind of stuff. And when I came out of treatment, I didn't know what to do with myself. I had so many questions Mm -hmm. And all around me, um, I saw other artists struggling too. I saw, you know, relapses and hospitalizations and overdoses. I saw suicides and just, you know, I saw friends of mine that were dying and, and I saw people who were having breakdowns and ending up in rehab, ending up in asylums, ending up, you know, all kinds of places that just really highlighted the fact to me that there is really a mental health crisis in this country and, uh, and that there's especially, it seems, a mental health crisis in the arts 
And I think there are a lot of different reasons for that, but it's something that I started thinking about then when I got sober was um, how I could find out more about being healthy myself and how I could share that with people since that was a natural kind of uh, time in my life to start looking for it. You know, even without a podcast, without without doing something with it, without making a show or, or a, a resource, it was something that I was going to have to deal with anyway. It was something that, you know, this is a journey that I'd be on either way to try and get healthy myself. So that's where it came from, was how I could share this kind of with other people. Yeah, and um, congratulations on, on the sobriety. Um, is, is, it, is it that... Like, is it something that it does seem to me like something that especially affects the arts? I know you said there are many reasons, um, and I know you're going to get into some of that in your your podcast. But sure. um, from your own experience, I mean, is part of that just being sort of on the road and and exposed to uh, fame and and you know things that pe- normal people, regular people, wouldn't be exposed to, or is it something about the mentality of an artist? Do you think? Well, I do think it's both. No, no, no. That makes perfect sense. And I think you're sort of asking a two part question that has like it could be a lot of other questions. So you're saying, is it is it because, you know, artists are exposed to a lot of things that other people aren't? Or is it because there's something that the artist brings with them into it that's maybe a susceptibility to mental health crises and stuff like that? I definitely think it's both of those things and more. I know, first of all, one of the things that I cover um with Chris Conley, the singer of Saves the Day, who's on uh, one of the episodes this season, one of the things that we kept talking about was the fact that there is no guidebook for the arts. Mm-hmm. When you go into it, you know, some people have the luxury of going to art school um, and they'll learn a little bit about the fact that there's no map, but they still don't get a map with it. When I have a problem with one of my bandmates, I can't go to HR about it. You know, there's mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. guide. And, and I've employed many people... And I don't have any idea what HR looks like when you're living with somebody on a tour bus um, or <laughs> what even, the, you know, what even the kind of best rules and regulations are. And when you don't have those guidebooks, you have a tendency to write them on your own. And one thing that I've learned in sobriety is that we're never we're never objective when it comes to our own lives. We can't see clearly when it's something that we're invested in. You know, we have a tendency to shade things in a way that benefits us without even realizing we're doing it. And so I think like not having an objective source telling you like you shouldn't do that and also trying to come up with it as you kind of go along. That's a, that's a big problem that I see in the arts is, is just any lack of, of rules or regulations, you know, regiments, habits, all the stuff that we rely on in our daily lives. They're not the They're not the same at all in the arts. Yeah, that, and I think a lot of us who are music fans and who, um, you know, are fans of different kinds of art probably think of this, like, glamorous life that our favorite uh, musicians are living and they're, you know, swimming in amazing pools and driving fast <laughs> cars and, you know. Right. Um, and, and so I, one of the things I really like about this project is that you're you're really trying to shine a light on, you know, people's struggles and also what they can do about it, which I think is, like you said, reflective of the broader kind of mental health uh, stigma and, and situation in the U.S. But is are there other things that you hope listeners can sort of take from this podcast besides sort of understanding this perspective and understanding the perspective of some people that that have, you know, struggled with different different things? Well, yeah, actually, that's that's interesting, RJ. One of the things that I'm reminded is that this may seem like it's just for other artists, you know, or even like when you have enough artists on a podcast that 
that you recognize or that you know that they're successful, you think, oh, it's a podcast about successful artists for mm-hmm, other mm-hmm. successful artists. But first of all, I think just being in the arts at all is such a separate challenge that it's not just for successful artists. It's for anybody that aspires to make art at all or to have any kind of like a life off the beaten path. But I also think, you know, if you have an office job and you've never made art and you're not interested in making art, but maybe you like to consume art and you look up to some artists, I think there's a real tendency to, like you said, glamorize their lifestyle and say, why is it that I have these problems and all the people I look up to are doing great? You know, they don't have these problems. Why is it just me? Like you said, it's shining a light into the corners that we don't show, you know, because you only see an artist for an hour once a month. It's easy to look great on stage, like you're doing good and everything's wonderful when, you know, being on stage is like one of the best moments of any musician's life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's nice to sort of like shine into the corners and show the shadows there and show that, you know, all, everybody, everybody's going through the same kinds of uh, difficulties with, you know, anxiety and depression and whether it's drug use or, you know, there's so many different things that can affect us on a mental health level. And it doesn't have to be like a diagnosed illness either, or like a, um, a condition. All of us struggle with mental health throughout our lives. And the modern, the modern condition or whatever is, is tough. You know, we haven't adapted. Society's moving faster than our biology is. Anybody that maybe looks at artists and thinks that it's all fast cars and swimming pools, like it'll be good <laughs> for people to hear like that almost none of us own cars or swimming pools at all. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, um, I, I don't think it's just for the arts. You know, I think it's 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 my window into this world uh, that that hasn't been especially easy in my world. Yeah, I, I've I've had the chance to listen to um, I think the first you know few episodes that your listeners will hear, and I think the people will really enjoy the conversations. Um, what are you most excited about with regard to this project, the podcast? Right now, I'm most excited about getting down different people's experiences and really looking for what their solutions are. And um, as I kind of like get past the first three, four episodes, I think that's um, that's something that I'm going to place more emphasis on going forward too. Is really getting people to share, you know, tips about what they've done that that has worked for them. Again, Chris from Saves the Day says, "I've gotten so good at meditation." And I don't think that's something that people think about. It's like you meditate or you don't. But it, there's a reason why they call it, you know, a meditation practice. It's because mm-hmm. you have to work at it. It's not easy. And I think giving some tips on how to start that um, and how to improve it, those kinds of things can seem so basic, but they're so basic that we don't even talk about them and people don't know where to start or how to ask about it. I did a, another one recently with Norman Brandon from Texas is the reason a really a legendary band in my world and Steve the guitar player from my own band and um, both of them had the experiences of being gay and not out to their band when they were touring and Mm -hmm. so I think for anybody at home that's you know in you know maybe not sure how to tell people or you know are young and are coming up and are like I don't want to tell my parents I don't want to tell people you know maybe they have there's a lot of different things that you could be nervous about telling people close to you and uh, I think, you know, it's another thing with artists. They didn't even tell their bandmates, you know, and what that was like, what kind of anxiety went went through with them, you know. And we talk about in that episode um, band therapy and whether it works or not. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we talked about is how you can do group therapy with your friends in a very simple way where you're not like 
you're not fixing each other, but you're checking in and, and looking after each other and being more open with each other. And I think that can really do wonders for relationships of all kinds. You know, the more comfortable we get with talking to each other in an honest and open way, I think that can spread into all aspects of life. So little things, you know, there are little things like that that I'd really, I want each episode to have something that you can take away and try and you can say that one's not for me. Maybe the next one I'll have something. Yeah, that's what I'm most excited about right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you to, to be able to get uh, feedback from your audience and hear from people who identify with, with some of the stuff you're, you're communicating about because I'm sure you'll hear from lots of people. So that's, that's really exciting too and, and rewarding. Yeah. And, you know, now that you say that, I almost never think about that. I never think about the feedback because I'm so in it right now trying to get mm-hmm. sort of like the first batch of episodes done. Mm-hmm. It's, I kind mm-hmm. of forgot anybody's going to hear it. <laughs> but um, I'm so excited to hear from people. And I, I'm trying to f- figure out, you know, now that you've mentioned it, uh, how best to get feedback. You know, is it on socials? Is it, you know, which what we should build to get feedback from people? And I also want to find out, you know, when I've made a mistake um, in in talking to somebody if I've, you know, if I've gotten something wrong or if I've uh, just presented an issue in a way that people disagree with. Cause you know, like I said, this is an exploration for me. This isn't me coming in as an authority. Um, so I really can't wait to hear from people, you know, when I've gotten something wrong and I can revisit it with another guest and mm-hmm. sort of like, you know, really find out more people's perspectives on it. That's, that's exciting for me. Yeah. Um, the last question, have you, I know you're sort of early in this, but have you, have you learned, are there any big lessons from podcasting? I know it's, some people probably think it's pretty easy. You just set up a microphone and start talking, but, um, (laughs) have you, have you any big lessons that you have learned already? Going into making the podcast, I thought I had a leg up because I understand microphones and mixers and compressors and I know how to do all that stuff in a studio, you know, so I was like, oh, that's going to be easy. The audio part, at least I have that. You know, I thought I'll have to learn how to be an interviewer, but the audio I have, this is the thing. I have audio in a controlled studio Mm. down, but going (laughs) into places where there are noise floors and air conditioning and and things that I, that are out of my control that, you know, in a studio would be chased down and we'd get rid of the noise. Now I have to, uh, I have to deal with that kind of stuff and it's just such a whole new world. So even learning the audio, I think the first couple episodes are, are a little bit rough. Um, you know, you've heard them, they're not like unlistenable, but I'm really excited for, I've made some, uh, some not precautions, but I've, I've, I've made some, put some things in place so that they'll be better sounding going forward. So yeah, it's been a real learning process, but I think there's something kind of nice in it too. The first ones have a sort of like raw, um, you know, even the conversations get very raw because I'm not, I'm not guiding people too much yet. You know, I'm kind of learning how to do it as I go. And, and there's something nice about the kind of meandering, um, you know, somebody breaks off and starts telling jokes instead of, um, dealing with, uh, a mental health issue. And I think that's just, you know, that's the beauty of hearing, you know, some singer or some writer or a painter talking about mental health and then just kind of lapse into sort of like a bunch of comedy stuff that they think <laughs> is related. You know, I think that's really the beauty of, of a form like a podcast where there's kind of no rules. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you having these, like bringing a lot of authenticity to, to the listeners and to, to the Osiris network. So thanks for, for allowing us to sort of partner on it. I'm, I'm, excited to see where this goes and thanks for letting me interview you on your own podcast it's been really fortuitous you know meeting you through tom in thursday um and you know getting to hear about the kinds of shows that you do and 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 also getting to share 
what I'm doing with a whole different audience than I'd usually be exposed to, um, your listeners. So it's really, mm-hmm. it's really cool. Thanks for having me and thanks for being so supportive, uh, this whole time. I really, I really like everybody that I've met from the Osiris crew. So cool. Yeah. We'll check in in a couple months and see how it's going. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> good. Hopefully it's yeah. not a disaster. No. <laughs> <laughs> this season on dark blue, we speak to Chris Connolly of the band saves the day about Taoism and the dark night of the soul. Even the Buddhist thing, it's like the first noble truth is suffering. Everyone's like, ooh, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> we speak to Norman Brannon of Texas is the Reason and Steve Padula of my own band Thursday about band therapy and what it's like to tour with band members who don't know you're gay. Now that is different than saying we need therapy. So, yeah. and, and the reason being is because therapy maybe inspires or, or compels people to be honest and to say things they wouldn't say otherwise. And I don't always think that it's healthy to be 100% <laughs> honest and to say all those things. <laughs> I think that that is, you know, there are some things that you can keep to yourself. We speak to Dave Sherman, counselor of The Road to Rehab, about what it's like to counsel musicians and artists with substance abuse problems and anxiety. I grew up feeling like life was just too bright and, and I was just too sensitive and I needed a filter, I needed to turn the volume down on life. It was just terrifying. Mm-hmm. And that's when I discovered, you know, vodka and, and all kinds of other things. And, um, you know, when you get sober, you're still that same raw, open wound. Sure. And it's just, you look at some of the stuff people create their first year of sobriety and it's like, wow, this is amazing. Talk to Darcy Wilder about what it's like when your personal life and your fictional life become very close. I don't, I didn't realize what it would be like, um, because also people do that on the internet all the time, and oh, so I, I had been doing that and exposing like a lot of myself without realizing who was paying attention, mm-hmm. and then the weird thing about the book is because it is partially, like it's editorialized, fictionalized, it's like technically fiction. And we speak to so many other artists about their experiences with mental health. I'm Jeff Rickley, this is Dark Blue. So if you're lucky enough to have an artist in your in your life, let them make art mm-hmm. and shut the fuck and up. Shut the fuck <laughs> and up. Shut the Dark Blue is part of the Osiris family. Osiris connects people like you with podcasts, videos, and live experiences about artists and topics you love. Visit OsirisPod.com and sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss new interviews, events, and podcasts.